You're listening to the Teach Better Talk podcast featuring expert educators eager to share progressive tactics to reach more students. Teach Better Talk is created by teachers and fueled by passion. Let's get started. Welcome to episode 235 of Teach Better Talk. My name is Ray Hewart, and as always, I'm with that guy, Mr. Jeff Gargis, and we have another podcast coming your way. Jeff, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm all right. Had some audio issues, so I've been, I think I've been, (laughs) reactions like, no, you haven't been. You've been complaining all night. I've been complaining all night, but I didn't want people to realize that the last episode I was also, you said... That I was complaining because it was done tonight too. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm a little grungy tonight. I'll, I'll be honest. I'll no, be honest. I I, I made a I had a good day. Yeah, I don't I don't know what's wrong. I I made a face not because of that. I made a face because I was like, <laughs> oh, that was a really like vague answer. Like you could you could <laughs> you could elaborate a little bit. I don't know. This is an audio recording. I mean, they kind of want to hear you talk, but it's fine. That's Whatever. True. No big deal. It's good. All good I'm things, good. guys. All good it's things. All good thing. There's a lot of really cool things going on mm-hmm. um, with the team. I, I love this time of the year. So that's, you know, loving that. Absolutely. Excited about that. Uh, kids are done with school. My kids are done with school. Actually, by the time this podcast episode comes out, they will be on winter break. So wonderful to spend a little extra time with them and stuff. So that's always awesome, too. So Sure. I, I will have the same with uh, my classroom students will, we will be, be finished up, on huh? winter break. And yeah, so I think it's wonderful that. Everyone gets the holiday season to spend time with family, whether it be virtually or in person. Please be safe to all of our incredible network out there. But hopefully you get to really reflect on while it's been a challenging year, this really is a beautiful time of year to be thankful for those around us and share our appreciation and be a little extra generous. I think that that's kind of like the season we're in. And for me personally, I think any opportunity to celebrate is a great excuse to like find some joy and happiness in our world. So celebrate a little bit extra for all of us. I love it. I have three questions for you. Oh, do you, are they in any specific order? I'm going to try and put them in order and try to remember them. Good luck. Um, one, do you think, what do you think the, the, the chances, percentage chance of you waking up next monday when you don't have school and like just logging into google classroom anyway uh not high because i will actually be visiting my parents and so i will be very (laughs) out of routine which for those of you who know me is about the worst thing in ray hewitt world ever (laughs) so i am happy to be seeing my sister but very unhappy that i will be out of routine next week Mm -hmm. all right question number two is on a scale from one to ten how badly are you going to miss your kiddos? Scale is ten the ten like the worst like it's going to be horrible. Ten and means like ten means your heart is literally just falling apart. You oh, I love my kids. Definitely high up on 20. that. Absolutely, <laughs> I I really really love my kids this year without a doubt. Question number three. I remembered all three. I'm really proud of myself. Right I now. am giving you a pat on the back right now. Is I've been seeing some stuff flowing around in the social media world. You know on the tweets and the Twitters and stuff. The, the Instagrams. Oh, I see. Um, about this whole gift to grid thing that's going on in our universe. Would you mind sharing just a little bit about what the heck does that mean to gift to grid? Absolutely. Guys, we've done so much promotion for this, um, for this gift to grid 
campaign where the Teach Better team has been partnering with a wonderful nonprofit called Education Blueprint. And you can actually visit all of their uh, tools and resources at educationblueprint.org. But in case you haven't heard between all the like introductions we've talked about it and the commercials for the Teach Better Talk podcast, we've discussed it, or even the live videos, we've been live a bunch with their education team. But this is a nonprofit who really wants to create a free safe space for educators to share, not only downloadable tools like things you would find on Teachers Pay Teachers, but also websites, apps, resources, books that can help you be a better educator. And they want to really create a one-stop shop for going and finding resources and they want to make them all free so that all teachers have access to strong material regardless of the type of population that they serve, regardless of the income they make, and really try and bring powerful instructional opportunities to our students. I am so supportive of this group. I love their mission. It was created by educators and it's like run and facilitated by educators. You're going to love connecting with Kelly, Laura, and Nicole for sure. Such good people. But here's the deal. Gift a Grid is literally a push in December to upload one resource, only one. If you want to do one a day or one a week or one a month, you go crazy. But we literally are asking for one. If you are using a really cool app or website, like go throw that up there and that counts as your one. Or take a grid, a full unit if you're willing to share and throw that up there. For me, I, I need to upload like a few different mini lesson ideas that I want to make sure I share. So it doesn't need to be these big, crazy lessons. This is just an opportunity for an educator to get a little bit of insight on what your class looks like and bring that same magic back to their students. So go share at educationblueprint.org and join in the Gift a Grid campaign that will be going on all through the month of December. So that's so much better than I could have. I knew oh, the answer man. to that question. It's just not as well. I am happy to help. That's why they pay me the big bucks for sure. For sure. Uh, speaking of happy to help, mm. this fine gentleman we had a conversation with tonight is helping a lot of teachers. Dude, um, Tom is the ways. man. He <laughs> is the man, guys. You just wait. So I met Tom actually through, a, we're in like a, a we're in a, a, another like community group together and we got connected and we went back and forth and just chat with stuff and he was just a good dude and I'm like you got to come on the podcast I think you and Ray are just gonna you're gonna connect with the way you guys connect things and make make lessons relevant and um it's it's just gonna be going good and he did not disappoint so Tom Gibson he's actually a he's a two-time teacher of the year uh winner uh middle school educator he's in Austin Texas um he teaches middle school math science robotics YouTube, uh, YouTube video production and, and advisory uh and he also in all of his free time he creates YouTube videos, and I'm talking like top-notch YouTube videos explaining um, what's going well in his classroom, what's not going well in his classroom, what he's learned over the years, different systems he has in place. In place. He's also creating online courses. Um, I've went through them. I've watched a lot of his videos. I mean, he's very good. He's actually got a really cool route and journey that he's taken to get into education, um, and he's going to share with that. Um, just a lot of really great stuff. There's some moments where the two of you kind of geek out, and I love it. Um, just super passionate guy, really good guy, a phenomenal educator, some really cool stuff in here. Um, I really hope you guys will, will take a listen and connect with Tom afterwards and, and dive into the content he's putting out and stuff too. Ray, if, I know there's a lot to pick from, but any one thing you want people to maybe hone in on or. 
Um, you're just, just, you're that just still thinking I've, of how to get rid of me and get Tom in here. Yeah, so I've already taken claim of uh, president of the Tom fan club. But if anybody <laughs> wants vice president, secretary, or just member roles, feel free to contact me. I'll be starting the organization, and I'm very excited to start the fan club of Tom. Really, it's what it is. So you start an organization. I think there's probably already a Tom fan club somewhere. Okay, that means that I have you to go find. Okay, fine. I'm just gonna. Yeah, I gotta connect with these people. Please. Just, just look back and look. Think of the last. You know what? How long you've been? How long has it been that we've known each other? Four years now. Three years. Four years. Three years. Just think over the last four years and be like, okay, how did I completely take over Teach Better? <laughs> and just go do that for that organization. You'll be fine. Like it, it should uh, work. Again, I think it's think so. It. I think it's so sweet that you think I took over Teach Better. That's a great. <laughs> I'm so glad I fooled you into thinking that. You're right. I did. I was so glad uh, you know that. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, before Ray gets rid of me as a co-host, let's get an episode 235 with Tom Gibson. Hey guys, it's Ray, and we'll be right back with the rest of this episode. But I did want to make sure that you knew that we have a really fun giveaway going on. And all you have to do to get registered is fill out a really quick survey. If you go to bit.ly slash reflect TB 2020, we have a quick survey that we're asking all of our Teach Better family to complete just to continue to support you even better in 2021. Once you complete the survey, you are entered to win a $100 Amazon gift card, which might I say I could definitely use right now. And uh, we are going to select the winner at the middle of January. So hopefully you are able to head over and fill out that survey real quick. If you cannot find the link, feel free to DM Jeff or I or anybody on the Teach Better team. We'd love to get it to you. And we really would love you to share your voice for also a chance to win that $100 Amazon gift card. All right, let's get back to the episode. All right, we are here. We are chatting with Tom Gibson. And Tom... It's so awesome to have you on the podcast. You and I connected um, a little while ago. We've we've had some we've been able to chat a, a couple times. It's been really fun getting to know you so far. But I'm really excited about tonight to to kind of dive a little more into your story and to really start sharing it with with our audience and and just really kind of getting into things with you. So before we go too far into that, though, like how are you feeling tonight, man? I feel good. Um, today today was actually the first uh, first day full day where I had to like teach and watch my little nine month old like all by myself because my wife's at work and our childcare situation didn't work out. So it's gonna be like that this week. But she took like a nice two hour nap uh, when most of my classes were today, so that was really helpful. <laughs> so I'm just crossing my fingers that uh, tomorrow and the rest of the week she she uh, <laughs> consistently naps as uh, as she was today. Good luck with that. Yeah, because yeah, they're my, super predictable, right? Yes, my fingers are crossed for you. I think that that's going to work you. out just fine. Yeah, thank you. I'll let you guys know how it goes. Yeah, we'll be sending you some positive vibes. You know, before <laughs> we get you. into this, Tom, I do want to make sure our listeners can kind of hear all about you. I mean, outside of obviously having to babysit and teach, which I think mm-hmm. is like every single person's life right now in yeah. some sense. Uh, but also learn about who you are and what you do in education. So do you mind kind of answering that age-old question of what you do? Sure. Um, I teach middle school, middle school young people. Uh, in a, I teach them math. I teach them robotics. I advise them. Um, and I teach them science. I am in my 10th year of teaching, and I am in Austin, Texas. Um, and I also uh, support other teachers um, online with YouTube videos and daily Instagram stories on what I'm doing that day and what's working and what's not working um, and professional development opportunities as well for other schools. So uh, that is, that's what I do in a nutshell. 
So Tom, I want to touch on that because um, it, it's your YouTube channel and, and some of the online courses that you're creating and stuff like that, that is kind of how we got connected and talking through some of that and stuff. But um, could you share sort of a little, a little bit of that journey of how did you get started doing the YouTube videos and how has that evolved? And, and I know like a new course has either just launched or is about to launch. Uh, mm-hmm. Can you kind of share a little bit about that with us? Yeah, I studied audio engineering in college, which is not the most traditional path to education. But um, in in that degree, I was studying a lot of um, audio, but as well as video stuff. I remember back in college, I was making videos all the time um, before they were called vlogs. Like my very first YouTube video was in 2008. It was a trip to Panama with my mom because she's Panamanian. And it was my first first trip there and first visit there. Um, and through college, I was just making all these videos. And I remember my first year uh, teaching, I made a, a, a video from the classroom of an idea that I got in my teacher training um, program where the teacher, he said... He did this project called Dear World, which was originally a photography project by Robert Fogarty, where he would ask people, like, what's your message to the world? In three to five words, what would you say to the world? Um, And then he made a video of what his students had said, and they had written little messages on their arms and on their faces and on their hands. I I thought that'd be kind of cool. And so that was like the first time I I incorporated some of just that passion for for making videos um, in the classroom. And that was like back in 2011. And I filmed my students and shared it with the families and everything like that. Um, But it wasn't until about 2015 that I was was regularly uh, wanting to make YouTube videos. I was watching a a YouTuber named Casey Neistat, who was was super popular. Um, And I was like, this is cool. This is inspiring. I, I, I like making video and I haven't really posted to YouTube except a few videos here and there over the past few years. Um, and maybe I could do something where I, where I kind of share what's going on in the classroom and I can be like a teacher vlogger, a teacher YouTuber, um, which I wasn't seeing too much of at the time. Um, and, and then I just kept going from there and then it just kind of evolved into, you know, how can I, how can I make this into a business where I'm supporting other teachers and how can I create online courses? Cause online courses are really rooted in not only having good, good, good ways of, of teaching and communicating the, to, to other, other teachers, but also like the, the video part, um, is huge with online courses. And I was like, okay, I feel I've got, I've got those skills. And so it seemed like a good fit. Um, so that was kind of like, I, it was something that I'd been doing since I became a teacher. And then once, once I became a teacher, it seemed like the right fit. Um, and it's manifested itself through the YouTube videos and Instagram stories and online courses and, and all things of that nature. I love it. Now, right now this leads me and I'm excited about my next question. Cause you know, it's just kind of a cool journey of, of, uh, where you started and where you're, where you're at now and stuff, but love to hear a story. You know, one of the things we talk about on this podcast is, is failure and overcoming the failures. I always talk about how I think I'm very fortunate to have failed a lot in my life because it's it's led me to where I'm at, I am by providing me a lot of lessons to learn from. So can you share a story with us about a time that you've had a failure and had to overcome that? But share with us what happened, how did you overcome that, and then what did you take away from that experience? Yeah, as I was thinking about this question, I was kind of thinking about, I mean, one of the things we're going to talk about a little bit later is is how I have my students do a... Uh, uh, they get class money and they can they can buy things with class money. It's a whole classroom economy. And and I think back to the first year that I did that, and it would I would say it would constitute as a failure. Um, it was it was my third year of teaching. Um, I had read about a teacher who had done this, where he had class jobs, students had salaries, um, and there's like a class store, and it, it just sounded so cool. Um, and I remember I was I was teaching fifth grade at the time, and 
it was second semester and the kids had class jobs already, but I was like, I'm going to try to, you know, add this, the salary piece into it and then like teach them how to write checks because that's a valuable skill now and have like paper cash and all this other stuff. And I just remember like, it just didn't go well. Like it was really disorganized. I remember it taking so much time um, in the classroom where it was like eating up at our actual content co- time. I didn't end up covering nearly as much as I had the year before. Um, and and it was kind of frustrating sometimes because it was like, wait, what am I supposed to do with this money? Or where's my money? Or I lost my money and what's supposed to happen with this? And uh, it it didn't feel like <laughs> what I'd read in the book about the teacher who did it. I'm like, man, the way he did it just seemed to like, Everything seemed to be go, to go so smoothly. Um, and it was like that for a couple of years that I did this. Um, and I remember one of my, one of my admin was like, so why do you, why are you, what, why should you keep doing this? Cause it was my year end review. And I was kind of talking to him about how I didn't really cover as much content this year as I had, had, had anticipated. Um, and I had talked about how this classroom economy kind of eats up a lot of time. And he's like, so why do you keep doing it? Um, and I was like, well, I think there's a lot of potential. There are these little nuggets of, of moments where I feel the students are, are getting it and they're loving it and they're engaged with it. It's just kind of in the midst of a lot of disorganization and a lot of like poor time management with it. And over the years, I would not have figured out a system to like actually make it work in a way that didn't take up all of my time had I not had like one, two, three years of it not really being that great, not really being something that's like, oh, and it's saving me class time too, because I have the students doing all these class jobs and they're getting paid and it's this wonderful, efficient system. It wasn't like that at all, but it wouldn't have gotten to be what it is now where it's a really rich part of my classroom um, had I not actually gone through those years of seeing what's not working and what is working and shaving away the things that aren't um, and really kind of like honing in on the things that were. And so that's something from the classroom. Uh, There's so many things also just outside of the classroom. I remember I started jujitsu a couple years ago and I'm like, I'm going to train really hard and compete. And I lost like horribly my first three matches. And I was like, jujitsu's hard. And that was the lesson and hard things are worth doing. (laughs) But there's so many, there's so many failures out there, but um, every time it's just, it's always something where I'm like, okay, there are things that I can learn here. And even in the jujitsu world, it's like you either, you either, you either lose or, or you win or you learn. Um, and it's not even losing in, in, in martial arts. It's like, what, what can I learn from this? And so I think that's applicable in the classroom. I think it's applicable in, in, in athletic endeavors and in, in business endeavors. Um, and so that's, that's generally the approach I, I try to take, um, as much as I can whenever I, I'm seeing that things are not working. Uh, as I had planned. It's one of my favorite quotes, Tom. You either win or you learn. Uh, I think yeah. it's such a, a valuable lesson. And, and I love that you've taken that. And, and now you, you, know, you, you help other educators learn how to do that in their classrooms through the, the journey you've had, which is just awesome. So let's, um, let's flip it now. Let's talk about a successful moment you have. And this can be something big or something small, but uh, tell us what happened. Why was it a success for you? And then what'd you take away from that experience? I would say my transition between my third year and my fourth year of teaching, um, I was m- tr- moving from a fairly large elementary school um, in Clean, Texas, down to Austin, Texas, uh, to a somewhat small private middle school. Um, and I had never taught middle school. I'd only taught the three years of fifth grade. Uh, but I remember going in and I, I remember not having much of a curriculum. Um, they, I said like, so what it's involved in, in sixth grade math. And they kind of gave me like a bullet point list of like eight things. Um, but I remember going in and thinking like, okay, my priority here is I want to make 
I want to create an engaging classroom. Um, this was still in the early years of the classroom economy. And this was one of those years that I felt like it was taking up a lot of time, but I was starting to see some of like the nuggets of like the good stuff, uh, of what, of, of how that can create a really rich experience for my students. Um, and I remember that year, like a lot of students were, were having a really meaningful experience in math. Like they, they were talking about how like, wow, this is like one of the first years that, you know, I really feel like I, I can do math. Like I can learn math and like, I've always hated math. Uh, but I, I, I'm, I'm enjoying like figuring out how numbers work and how these systems work. Um, and, and I remember at the end of the year, I was awarded the student choice teacher of the year award. Um, even though it was my first year there. And I think what I can credit that to was like, I really made an effort. I knew I was the new teacher there. I made an effort to build strong relationships with the students and to create an engaging classroom environment. Um, that was my priority over covering content, getting through all of the stuff that I needed to get through. It's like, I want, I want my classroom to be a place that students look forward to coming to. And, and it's going to take time to build those relationships. It's going to take time to, to create an engaging math experience where maybe we work a little bit slower through some of this content so we can go a little bit deeper. Uh, and students can, can begin to see a little bit more of, of, of how exciting it can be, uh, to learn mathematics when maybe they haven't had that experience before. And so I would say that was a, a good successful, uh, transition. Um, I was super honored to to receive the award and it kind of affirmed like okay like i'm on the right track with with making these the priority in my classroom um and 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 going from there that's a huge success and you are totally speaking my language as a middle school math teacher myself i think this whole concept of connecting with students allowing them to go deeply into the material is absolutely spot on i am so in my element right now talking about this. I'm such a fan. Um, but I want to ask you more about kind of what fuels you. I mean, every single educator has this thing that excites them, this thing that really fuels their fire. And it sounds like you and I have a lot in common in terms of wanting to bring relevancy to students. But if you had to identify something that's keeping you excited about education in its current state and like all the work that you're doing, what would that be? I would say... I think the thing that excites me in education kind of in, in all the different, all the different phases of kind of like in my education career so far has been seeing all of this as, as problem solving, which doesn't sound like super like, Ooh, that, that sounds, that doesn't sound super exciting. But even when I think back to like when I first entered the classroom, it's like the problem was I was a, a substitute teacher. How do I solve that problem in a way that students are accomplishing work? And then when I, I, I left that day, and it was like a good day and kids like didn't walk all over me and they got some work done. I'm like, wow, I feel really great. And so it's like that feeling of like, there's this problem to solve and I want to see what's the most effective way to solve it. That's what gets me excited. And so like right now with distance learning, it's like, okay, the problem to solve is connecting with students and creating this engaging classroom experience online, virtually, distance learning, remotely, everything. It's so much harder to do that. And so it's like, how am I going to do this? How am I going to design my lessons in this way? How in a way that they, that they, they, they're actually having fun with it? How am I going to, to, to connect with students when half of them don't have their camera on at all anytime when they come in and, and finding like things that are starting to work? That's what's exciting. Like, okay. 
I know the kids are in Minecraft. Maybe I can come up with a Minecraft lesson. Let me, let me take a, a course on using Minecraft in the classroom. And oh, okay, I found a lesson that makes a lot of sense to do it. And, and let me, let me just try and see how it goes. And oh, it went really well. Or oh, it didn't go well. But that was exciting. That was fun to try something new. That was fun to try to figure out the solution to the problem of a disengaged virtual learning environment. Um, And then when I think about the work that I'm doing with teachers, like, okay, the problem is like, the teachers that are kind of trying to find some success here in the different elements of distance learning, how do we as teachers communicate that? How do we share that in a way that other teachers can learn from and replicate in their classrooms? And whether it be a a simple, like, here are five different ways that you can greet your students every day of the week with a different greeting every day where you say their name when they come into the Zoom room and you say, happy high five Friday, Jeff, or happy thankful Thursday, Ray. What are you thankful for besides your friends and your family? Or happy two thumbs up Tuesday, Steven, or happy waving Wednesday, Jessica, or happy mini fist bump Monday. Give me a fist bump in the camera. I can't see you. You turn your cameras on. Oh, there you are. Okay, merry mini fist bump Monday. Little things like that. How can I not only do that in my classroom, but then how can I share that with other educators as a way to say, okay, these are things that I'm seeing some success with. And perhaps if you try them in your classroom, you may see some success with your students as well. So I think it's this aspect of this problem solving, whatever the problem happens to be in front of me at that time, how can I, how can I most effectively approach it? Tom, I know you can't see me right now, but I am <laughs> bowing to you. I just want you to know I am such a fan. Yes. Holy I totally moly. knew this, right? I told you. I'm like, you're going to love Tom. Like, the two of you are so like, the, I mean, I have a feeling like I'm going to get bumped. It's going to be the Tom and Ray show. And honestly, it's going to be 30 times better. Like, I'm telling you, that is the best answer to what gets you excited right now about education that I've ever heard. Uh, no, thank you. Just- to this, you guys thought you were excited about education before, and now you're way more excited. <laughs> oh my god, so good! So I feel I feel stupid asking you this next question, Jeff. This is the dumbest question to come next out of this. Podcast. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna this ask is a him great for... question. He's got them so pumped up with that answer that now they're just like, oh, tell me tell me how to do better. How to do better, Tom. Oh, yeah, because Tom hasn't given any advice this episode, so well, let's you know, finally get to that. Back. He's been holding yeah. back. I get it. But. You know, if you could please stop holding back, I really... Uh, all right, I'll, 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 I'll let it all out. Some value and advice in this podcast episode, like, this is why we're here, buddy. This is why they pay us the big bucks. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, in question five, I always need to ask our guests, guests about advice, and so can you share a piece of advice that you love to give all types of educators? Um, I would say, I think Jeff, you'll actually resonate with this one considering the the course that you just came out with, the, the time management course. My advice would be stop working. Um, stop, stop spending all night uh, working on stuff. Stop waking up super early in the morning to work on classwork. Unless unless you find yourself like really re-energized and you see that you are not neglecting your family, your friends, your relationships, and your health. Um, but what I have found is most people, when they are uh, burning the midnight oil, waking up super early, grading, planning, doing all that stuff, tip- typically it's a burnout situation where they're just not sure how long they can sustain this. Um, and so I would say stop working, uh, limit your work hours to, to set hours. Um, there's something called Parkinson's law that says you are going to fill up the allotted amount of time that you give yourself uh, to complete a task. So if you give yourself five hours to complete a task, you're going to do it in five hours. If you give yourself two hours to complete the same task, 
likely you'll be able to complete it in those two hours. But knowing that you only have those two hours gets you so much more focused, makes you prioritize what you're working on. It's like, let me get the stuff that I need to get done for tomorrow and not do some of the other stuff that maybe could wait a few days. And so kind of working on that time management, taking Jeff's course on time management and and not working, stop working, not working late at night, not working super early in the morning. Um, so that way you do have time to spend time with your family, to, to, to take care of yourself, to, to cook a healthy meal instead of throwing something in the microwave because that's all you have time for. My advice would be stop working and and make some time for yourself because in the long run, um, your students are going to be better served by a teacher uh, that still has healthy relationships with their family, um, that still is in good health uh, and is still taking time for themselves um, and taking care of their mental health as opposed to a teacher that's uh, burnt out and, and exhausted and worn down. So stop working would be my advice. That is such good advice. Stop working. Um, and so much, I love that answer, not just because you referenced my course, which I appreciate, <laughs> but, but, but I think uh, one piece I really love is the, the idea of you know, giving yourself specific amounts of time to do specific tasks. And that goes into that calendar blocking and, and, and task batching and stuff. And that's something that I talk about and I share a lot. I don't do as well as I should, but uh, it's such an important point, point. And then I love that you talk about don't, you know, stop working unless it, does unless it, yeah. you find yourself re-energizing maybe that's something that can get you re-energized but if it's not yeah those boundaries are so 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 crucial we can't say that enough so i love that answer um let's keep this going we're gonna do the next six questions i'm gonna throw them at you your goals answer each one in 15 seconds or less you ready to go all right, all right let's go all right what is one ed tech tool you cannot live without loom for screencasting because i love that you can actually edit out little pieces in the middle uh, most applications you can only trim off the front and the back uh, give us a book you're reading right now. World War Z by Max Brooks. And I just finished Teach Your Class Off by CJ Reynolds. Yeah, I'm a dude CJ. I love it. <laughs> uh, who do we need to follow on Twitter or Instagram today? Two people, Ashley Taplin at Taplin's Teaching. She's doing uh, secondary math. It's wonderful. It's like applicable stuff. You see it. You're like, I can do this in 20 minutes in class and not have to like do a ton of planning or buy her TPT store stuff. Darren Nakakihara on Instagram as well at Darren underscore Nakakihara. Um, and if you just search Darren and it'll come up, but he does some wonderful ed tech stories. He's like the Jedi of ed tech. Uh, so Darren Nakakihara. Uh, what's a good YouTube channel, website, or podcast for educators to check out? For podcasts, uh, The Tim Ferriss Show. It's not an education podcast. It's a lot on self-development and business that I think a lot of educators can learn from in applying it into the classroom and their in their teaching profession. Thousand percent agree. Uh, daily, weekly, or monthly routine every teacher should get into? Journal before bed, whether it's writing down a couple things you're thankful for or just a catalog of the day or just a, a reflection of like, this is the best thing that happened or this is a thing that, that, that has me thinking right now here at the end of the day, uh, just having a little, a little piece of reflection at the end of the night. And finally, what's the best piece of advice you've ever received? Oh, I think this actually I heard on the Tim Ferriss show was thinking of your current moment uh, from the perspective of your 75 year old self, uh, because when I'm when I'm sitting and playing with my daughter and I kind of want to check my Instagram feed, I'm going to think how much money would I pay to, to relive this moment again where my daughter is nine months old uh, and I am and if I'm looking back from my from my 75 year old self and and, and it would be, it would just, there wouldn't be a, an amount that I would, there'd be, there'd be no, no price. It'd be priceless, a priceless moment. Um, so for perspective, think of the current moment that you're in from the perspective of being 75 years old and looking back. Oh, love that.
Right? How you feeling over about this? <laughs> I, I honestly, honestly, I'm taking notes. That's honestly where I'm at. <laughs> like, Tom, I am so glad that Jeff was smart enough to connect us because I'm really excited for a new co-host. I've been looking for a new co-host for the podcast. I just feel like you're a great fit. Oh, um, thank you. So this was your interview, and I really just want you to know oh, that you good, did very good. well. Very well. And um, let me figure out how to get rid of Jeff because I've been trying for a while and it hasn't worked, but I'm thrilled that now I have my replacement set up. So thank you so much. Well, thank you, Ray. Um, Tom, for real though, I do want to make sure that our listeners stay connected to you because you are passionate about things that I believe down to my core have to become a norm in education. And I want everyone to go connect with you and go connect to other people that you are connected to and highly respect because that's how we become better educators is by becoming more better connected educators. So tell us a little bit about where they can continue to find your information. I am posting every weekday, every morning um, on Instagram stories at Gibson Education. Um, and my YouTube channel, I got a new video every week um, on creating, uh, designing an engaging classroom experience for yourself and a fulfilling teaching ex- or for your students and a fulfilling teaching experience for yourself. Um, and that is at youtube.com slash Gibson EDU. Um, and then you can also go to my website to kind of see some of the other resources, all the free resources that I have and online courses and stuff um, at tomgibson.com. Tom is spelled with an H. So it's T-H-O-M-G-I-B-S-O-N.com. That's kind of the central hub for everything. And, you know, you can find all of the links and all the resources that we've talked about over at teachbetter.com, uh, as well as really important uh, links for connecting with, with Tom and keeping this conversation going. So head over to teachbetter.com for show notes for all of that. Be sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes. And if you can give us a rating and review, we'd really appreciate that as well. well let's keep taking this one step further. Think of just three of your colleagues who need to hear these amazing stories and share this podcast with them. Tom, this was awesome. Um, I, I set you up to Ray. I, I put the bar up there high and I think you just ninja kicked it out of the way. It went way above it. Um, and this is just such an awesome episode. I'm so excited for people to not only hear this episode and take uh, so much from it, but also to connect with you and continue growing with you uh, and learning not only from you, but also with you and going from there. And I, I look forward to continue doing the same as well. Just really appreciate you uh, taking some time and hanging out with us, man. Thank you. Yeah, it was a pleasure, Jeff and Ray. I really appreciate y'all having me on here. Awesome. And until next time, let's get out there. Let's teach better.